I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Krafchick. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters. So we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in. So feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me. I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On this episode, you'll be hearing commentary from six other people, which include our guests, Dan and Eric, my producer, Julie Krafchick, our lovely intern, Kimia, and our polyamorous guest from our last episode, Ben and Kate. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches, 
500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. We're talking about yellow fever, my favorite, favorite topic. And we're not talking about the disease you can get from mosquitoes. So I have Dan and Eric in the studio with me. Dan, what... Let let me just go back to... Hold on. We're gonna drink first. Do you want to pour first? I, I I already did pour. I just know that I'm gonna need more later. Okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> because we got Dan and Eric, and Eric just asked for a refill on a drink that he hasn't finished. <laughs> so you know this is gonna be a good episode. How this started was I put out something on Facebook, and Dan was recommended by a mutual friend, and he decided to come on the show. At the same time, Eric responded to my post and said, I have the opposite. I am Asian, and I only like white women. So we're like, perfect. We'll get both sides of the story. Dan, what does yellow fever mean to you? Well, to me, it means that I primarily date Asian women. And why? So I... Throughout high school, I mostly dated white chicks just because that's what I am. Were there Asian women there? A few. There were, there were a handful. Okay. Was it in California or outside? It was in California. I'm a, oh, I'm a Californian. And so I, I just always dated white girls in high school. And then when I got to college, I, uh, I met a beautiful, brilliant Asian girl who I dated for two years. And it was a really great relationship. We were very close. And it kind of like reset my thermostat such that when we broke up, I started noticing Asian women everywhere when I previously hadn't. Hmm. And so, but, but I still didn't officially have yellow fever yet. I was still kind of dating like a mix of different ethnicities. Right? Just show symptoms. <laughs> yeah, early symptoms, early onset symptoms. And, um, and, and recently I just got out of a long relationship and so I started really kind of diving into the dating apps. And you know how when, you, when they show you a new picture of a new person, you kind of have this gut check, like do I like or do I not like? Mm-hmm. And empirically speaking, I was saying yes to like vast majority Asian women. <laughs> Right, okay. and, and the apps are really responsive, so they pick up on what you like. So eventually it just started serving me exclusively Asian women, which I was totally cool with. Perfect. So it just kind of happened that now I'm pretty much only dating Asian women. You're entry Asian, that's what I like to call her. You're entry Asian. <laughs> it's like a gateway drug. <laughs> You're gateway Asian. How did you see her when you first saw her? Because you never dated Asian before. So what made you attracted to her? She was just really beautiful. Like okay. she was super hot and uh, dorky in a way that I liked. Okay. So and it, did yeah. you have any challenges or did you have any setbacks in the beginning? No, she was thoroughly Americanized, um, okay. not a fob. That's fresh off the boat for anybody who's not aware oh. of what that means. Although we say boba now, which is brought over by airplane. So fob's a little out. Brought yeah. over by airplane? I haven't heard fob's that. Fob's a little That's hilarious. And, and it uh, doubles a, because they all drink yeah. boba all the time. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> We've modernized the term fob. Now it's just boba. <laughs> So you had your entry Asian, it kind of opened your eyes. It's kind of like, I've heard this, you know, in psychology, if you go shop for a white car, then all of a sudden you only notice white cars, right? So it's like whatever's top of mind, you start noticing that more and more. And then now you exclusively date Asian women? I mean, I wouldn't say exclusively. Okay. I'm certainly open to dating non-Asians. 
it just, I'm putting the majority of my effort towards dating Asians, so it just kind of works out that way. Well, because there's so many. Like, look, if I stumble in, <laughs> yeah. Well, San I mean, Francisco. do live in SF here. There's only a <laughs> Look, if I stumbled into a relationship with a hot white girl, I wouldn't object, you know? Right. Like, I'm not gonna turn it down. Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm just not pursuing that at the point. According to Urban Dictionary, yellow fever is a term usually applied to white males who have a clear sexual preference for women of Asian descent. Although it can also be used in reference to white females who prefer Asian men. And do you think it's a sexual preference though? They explicitly say sexual. I mean, I don't know. That makes it sound like I'm some kind of like geisha fetishist or something like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like I certainly enjoy banging Asian women. I enjoy banging all kinds of women. It's just, it just worked out that I'm mostly, you know, do the former at this point. Eric. What's your story? I don't even know what the the equivalent of the, you know, Asian male yeah. only dating yeah, white sure. women. I don't know. Is there, is there a term for that? Is uh, it white fever? I suspect not. Um, but I don't see why we can't create a term for it. Yeah, let's create a hashtag. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you exclusively date white women? Not necessarily, no. It just so happens that a large majority of the girls that I do date just so happen to be Caucasian. Why is that? I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, uh, as you had mentioned, um, upbringing, um, a lot of cultural influence, and also what I'm surrounded with here in terms of density, right? And the people I choose to surround myself with, or I just so managed to happen to surround myself with. So going back as a kid, I grew up in a uh, fairly diverse uh, city. It's a coastal town here in California. And I would say the ratios were about 20 to 30 percent Asian. Um, the rest were Latin, Hispanic, and or Caucasian. And so there was a pretty large variety of different ethnicities and cultures in my elementary, middle, and high school. And up until about sophomore year of high school, I dated primarily Asian girls simply because the folks that I hung out with were pretty much Asians, and so the identity and the culture and the, the things, the, the hobbies and the things that we were interested in were just similar, right? It was just easier that way. And then um, come around junior year, I get into track and field, and suddenly the folks that I hang out with on a regular basis change. They were mostly Caucasian guys. And obviously most of their interests were pretty much Caucasian girls, and so I was exposed to that. Um, and then that's when that kind of just took off and I started dating primarily Caucasian girls. I guess it just, it, I mean, for both of you, it's not like you're like, oh, white girls or oh, Asian girls. No, that it's, would be racist. That, <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, uh, mostly prejudiced, possibly racist. Well, in some regard, right? well uh, let me take issue with that. Your, Johnson, your Johnson knows what it wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, there's, well, there's a specific difference between uh, being attracted to someone solely based on um, physical features and what you're typically attracted to, and then being attracted to someone or not being attracted to someone based solely on their appearance or skin. So my Asian girlfriends and I always talk about this. It's not so much the, the preference for Asian women, which is great. That's wonderful. But it's the, the spectrum of attractiveness that guys with yellow fever date. It ranges from pretty butt ugly to hot and Completely sexy, agree. right? Completely so then, agree. So then... So you're saying that once a guy has entered into dating Asian women, he kind of like abandons any quality control <laughs> to some much. extent. It's just like, yes. she's Asian, done. 
Okay, I, okay. Part of the reason why I love Asian women is it's a supply-demand issue, right? I love it when economics come into play. No, no, just, okay. No, please, bear, go bear with me here. No, bear please with expound. Me. I, as, as a six-foot-tall white guy with decent social skills, I demand hot chicks with good attitude, right? Within the white female community, I'm not finding that so much. So, you know, like many businesses, I've outsourced to Asia. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I just bumped. Eric? I just gave him a fist bump behind Eric, the scenes. Eric, I'd like to hear your rebuttal to that because yeah, you're yeah, the sure. complete opposite of that. Okay, so um, I, I want to preface with with the fact that I completely agree with the statement that you had mentioned before, in which you and your girlfriends had observed that a lot of your Caucasian male friends are dating the entire spectrum of oh, female, of the Asian female attractiveness. Now, I can say that. I have dated the spectrum also of Caucasian female <laughs> attractiveness, and my both my Caucasian friends and my Asian friends would be like, "Dude, like, wow, she's like twice your like horizontal size, and definitely not as attractive <laughs> oh as you. Like, what 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 what'd you do?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't know. Like, I I just kind of shrugged, and it was just." different. I, I, there was no reason as to why I shouldn't try. So I have obviously a lot of Asian female friends. You and, are Asian basically, Julie. <laughs> and I think one of the things I've heard from them is that when they have a guy with yellow fever, it's not that they're trying to date them as a person, but just because they're Asian, they're into them. Yeah. So that's the part that I think loses some girls because it makes you just feel like an object opposed to like a person. Well, it, it goes back to fetishism and exoticism that modern society has kind of yeah. portrayed on both Asians and Caucasians, right? Well, I, I feel like, so for example, my ex-boyfriend, I hope he listens to this because I've tried <laughs> to explain this to him and he never understood. Have you ever seen those cutouts where it's like someone's body and it's like insert face here and then you put your face there and then you take a picture that's how I felt in that relationship because huh. I felt like it was just as long as you have an Asian face you fit into yeah. this cutout what are your thoughts about that Dan to be fair I have noticed that I am a bit more allowing of shall we say less attractive ladies if they happen to be Asian mm -hmm. like something about being Asian seems to mitigate a loss of a like a slight dip in attractiveness. Why do you for think? Me. Why do you think that is, though? I don't know. I mean, okay. So I guess that kind of gets into like, what do I like about Asian ladies? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Um, physically, generally speaking, y'all have great hair, great skin. Y'all, right? <laughs> the Californian, right? Y'all have great hair, great skin, and tend to be slim, right? So there's like, so there's like this baseline of like attractiveness from that. And I've noticed that Asian women also tend to have good values. Like they tend to value education. They tend to be smart. They tend to work hard. These are all traits that I look for. Eric? Yeah, no, I, I think that a lot of what he said is definitely has its hold of validity. I, I tend to reflect that, except the opposite, right? Yeah. To, to Caucasian women. There, there's some values that I identify with that just so happen to be uh, coincide with mine much easier with theirs, right? There's a lot of Asian values um, or in Asian collective societies that don't typically go well with what how I was raised and what I've been exposed to and how what I perceive to be valuable. And what about physically? Like, are you just more physically attracted to Caucasian women? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say and so. And why is that? I think it, I'm going to have to go back to the fact that in the same way that Asian women were fetishized and exoticized and, and pretty much portrayed in media as 
something that's like different, right? Uh, in the same manner, Caucasian girls can definitely you could I could say the same about them, right? Mm. So you do think that there was some influence in the media in society that made you kind of um, view Caucasian women as like very attractive? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. A lot of it has to do with with culture, society, and what we're typically exposed to. Can we go back to one thing you said? What is there an example of a value? Um, yeah, independence, um, not for the collective. So there's a stark difference between collective mm. societies and non-collective mm -hmm. societies, where you have Western societies, which are most definitely not collective, right? Where they, um, if you th go back to, say, the American dream, they, they kick you out of the house at 18, you start working, you grab your education, and you fend off for yourself, literally. In the Asian society, everything you do, or I shouldn't say Asian, in collective societies, that does include Latinos, Hispanics, Asians, Asian Indians, um, APAC region, whatever. Mm -hmm. A lot of the collective would mean that everything you do is for the greater good of the family. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get made fun of by your Asian friends? Oh, absolutely. As being, um, what's the term? All, all, all the goddamn time. What's the term, banana? Uh, banana? banana, yeah, yeah, That's definitely a banana, yeah. And is that a, is that a negative thing? Uh, not necessarily, I actually, have, so just a, as a fun fact, I had a coworker recently come up to me who I, I didn't know very well, he's fairly new, he came up to me and he said, hey, I knew you weren't attracted to Asians as soon as I heard your voice. And I go, what, what the f Really? Wow. I mean, but yeah, to answer your question, um, does, that, does that insult me? Was that... Yeah, is that insulting to you? Uh, not necessarily, because a lot of it defines who I am, and I'm very comfortable about who I am. Well, this goes back to identity, right? Because I think a lot of us who are immigrants into this country, we have this hyphenated identity where we kind of have to identify with one or the other. Mm -hmm. And then when you do identify with one, the other side kind of disowns you in a way, right? So you're, you're, you're kind of like, I feel like I'm always going back and forth between Asian-American, Asian-American. I find that when I date outside of my race, which happens and it happens to all of us, it gets to a certain extent where the relationship can no longer go much farther because of fundamental cultural differences. And I've seen this as I get older, because when you're younger, you can date and you can be like, I'm attracted to you, we like each other, we have fun, we're so different, we can learn so much about each other. And then at some point when you're talking about, let's say, marriage, let's say a deeper relationship, there is a huge obstacle there that a lot of people can't get over. Have you guys encountered this? 100%. Yeah, tell me more about it. Ironically, given that I'm the yellow fever guy. <laughs> my last long-term girlfriend was black. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was, that was a hell of an experience. The cultural differences between us were really drastic. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we, we really loved each other. Like, we got along really well. But um, I experienced a lot, of, a lot of racism, to be totally honest with you. Right? Like, I went, I went, yeah. to, a, I went to a mostly black bar with this gal. And um, some guys basically like like threatened to kick my ass. We had to leave, like seriously. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty intense, you know. And and, and I, I was you know I'd be with her and and thinking long term and like thinking about like well what if we got married, and I was like I was picturing like how the heck like I'm half Jewish so how the heck is my like Jewish family gonna mingle with her family like how mm -hmm. how's that gonna work exactly, mm -hmm. and I realized that like there there was just there was too much friction, you know. Mm. But what about with Asian girls? Is it easier? No, I've thought about that too. And I'm like, like so say I date a girl who's first generation American and I go meet her parents. Like, what are we going to talk about? Like, their, their English is going to be terrible. And, and they're going to judge me by whatever cultural standards they have. But what about your parents too? Oh, my parents are 
awesome California white liberal parents. They're, I mean, they practically high-fived me when I showed up with a black girl. Mm. And what about you, Eric? The, the stark cultural differences are definitely there. And growing up, my parents have made it very clear, like, I think you should just marry within your own race. Um, and in inclusionary dating preferences are also could be considered, uh, with enough argument, racist or prejudiced, right? But besides that, if you look at it from an economic standpoint and from what the numbers show, if you date within your own culture, marriages seem to be more successful, right? Mm. Um, and a majority of the girls that I've dated in the past were, were Jewish. Really? Yeah. Hey, you guys are swapping. Can yeah. I, can I, I ask a question? Yeah, go for it. Dude, the Asians and the Jews yeah. are like, it's it? a thing. Yeah, the thing that you just said about the immigrants. I mean, I'm Jewish, so I can say this, but oh, it's like... Mazel! <laughs> like, like, I'm not just white. I identify with Jews. Like, Jewish mm -hmm. culture, right? It's like the same thing as being Asian-American. So I think mm. there is a similarity there. Well, going back to what you always said earlier, being white in America is kind of weird because it's almost like the absence of an ethnicity, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. we're, we're like an empty glass with nothing in it. A mm -hmm. template. Right, so, so I'm, I find myself like overcompensating on the Jewish aspect just so I can have some kind of identity. Gotcha. I hear this from a lot of my white male friends who date Asian because they're like, well, the Asian culture is so rich and is so rich in history that I feel like I can, you know, latch on to something yeah. of more Like what substance. do we have as white people? Like NASCAR? Like what the hell is there? <laughs> I'm not saying that it's only Jewish people that have Asian or yellow fever, but, but there there's a lot. Yeah, no, there are. The Judaism and those of Jewish descent would typically be considered collective for the most part. A lot so, of emphasis on the family. So why, so you've dated um, Jewish girls in the past. Mm -hmm. Why have those relationships ended? When, when the relationship would become more serious, then long-term logistics would become an issue, right? Such as would you convert to my religion? Like, well, I am circumcised, so yes, that shouldn't be a problem, right? <laughs> Step uh, one. <laughs> complete. Challenge accepted and finished. What are some of the differences between dating a white woman and an Asian woman, in your experience? So a, a lot of uh, the Asian girls that I have hung out with or dated, uh, most of the time will primarily associate with strictly Asians for the most part, okay. or a, a large majority of them will be Asian, right? I, I didn't see much diversity, I didn't see much growth in terms of um, learning from somebody who is outside of your group. I believe in a lot of self-improvement and that has to stem from being able to hang out with and learning from people outside of your normal group of folks that you hang out with. I think you and I can relate to this because I'm not first generation, I'm like 0.5 generation. My parents came to the U.S. to give me a better life, and I feel like if you brought me all the way here from China, I probably should learn other people's cultures instead of sticking to my own. So I think that's why I've always been attracted to people of other races. I'm not just saying white, because I feel like it's, I'm in America for a reason. If I wanted to date Asians, I would just go back to Asia, right? right. So it's almost that... Um, Continuing education, as I like to call it. <laughs> Getting to How's know that going? <laughs> it's great. I'm learning so much about different countries. But Dan, what, what about you? What are some of the differences of dating an Asian woman versus non-Asian? White girls are way more okay with relationship ambiguity. Mm. Right? Like there's the first little bit of dating, you know, before you have that like DTF moment, right? DTR. Define the relationship. DTR. Oh, DTR. <laughs> Whoops. That was a little Freudian slip. My bad. The 
you have that DTF moment. It's all the same. Well, what, you know, with you know, with love and respect to white ladies, a DTF moment tends to come a little sooner, which is you nice. Doing, so there's that. Down to relationship or define to define the relationship. <laughs> define the relationship. Got it. Down to Sorry, relationship. Really, that's a verb. I'm now. down, yo. That's all right, now. so DTR, you know. Um, tends to come a little later, which is nice. So it kind of prolongs that ambiguous "I have no obligations" phase. Which, as a guy, I will say that's really nice. I enjoy that phase. It's so a little bit more casual. A little bit more casual. Mm. Um, less needing to impose labels and less needing commitment. Huh. That that being said, when I'm looking for a commitment, I am looking for a commitment. Like I'm in it or not in it. And so when I am in it, I've noticed that Asian women do tend to be more about that, which I appreciate. Who do you think you're gonna end up with? Like ultimately, that that basically all boils down to: Am I okay with uh, with my kids being half Asian? Basically, so I'm thinking like I show up to a family reunion with half Asian kids. Like, what's that going to be like, right? What is that going to be like? I don't know. I mean, my 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 white relatives are a little bit hick, so it could be a little awkward. Do you think there would be pushback? Obviously, not from your parents. I mean, look, they can go fuck your... themselves if there's any pushback. Uh -huh. Like, like it's my life, you know. That all being said, I I, I have read that children of mixed racial backgrounds have like certain issues that like others don't you know what I'm saying so like there is an argument to be made for for not inflicting that on your kids in a sense well the argument is eventually we're all gonna be mixed so these kids are gonna have less right they're just gonna keep banging each other till we're all some kind of mocha yeah, color yeah we're just gonna be everything we're all gonna look Filipino isn't that the whole <laughs> thing who do you think you're gonna end up with Eric what kind of girl? Uh, man, that's going to be tough. I, I've had um, thought exercises about this, and my, my mom called it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, it's really, it, it's awful that I call it that. But my, my mom called me recently, and she said, hey, I saw your new LinkedIn profile photo. You're looking a little old. You should consider settling down with someone. <laughs> and I was like, huh. <laughs> All right. She's like, you look great, but you're looking a little old. You should consider selling down with someone. And, <laughs> oh my and God, so that was, right? that was when, and I was like, I'm, I'm Asian. I'm going to look like I'm a sixth grader till I'm fucking 50. Yeah, by the way, like, another, another benefit of dating Asian ladies, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah way longer shelf life. Oh. That's true. And until you hit it. Yeah, until you hit yeah. 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 I haven't actually hit puberty yet. I thought <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My baby hair actually just fell oh out right God. now. I'm waiting for my adult hair to come back in, actually. Uh, Eric, so, you, uh, you literally could go to high school and still be. I probably could. I'd be a little creepy, but yeah. I think <laughs> you could. I'd be like the Matthew McConaughey. But, okay. Yeah, but as soon as after mom had called, that's when the thought, the thought exercises had started. And I, I really had to, to think about oh my God, am I actually going to end up alone or do I take the easy route out and go over to Eastern Europe or the APAC region and go pick up a Filipino wife? But I think it's important to note that I just want to do a dis disclaimer right now. I'm sure we're offending a lot of people. Most definitely. We're, I'm not trying to represent any group of people. You're not trying to represent, you're not, rep you know, Dan is not trying to represent all white males who date Asians and... Well. <laughs> Although he wants to. Well, look, I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys out there dating Asian women who aren't on your podcast, and I would hope that I'm representing this perspective fairly. Or, and, or the vice versa. I don't think Eric is trying to represent every Asian man that dates white females. Oh, so I'm, I'm going to bring up some uncomfortable <laughs> issues, right? Let's just go uncomfortable. White privilege. It's real. I've had white boyfriends. I've had Asian boyfriends. I've had non-white, non-Asian. And I find that... I get treated better when I am with a white guy. And I've noticed that more and more now, now that I'm more observant of it. I get better service, I get faster service at restaurants, I get nice people, sometimes I get free shit. Even in SF? I, cool. Even in SF. 
I was with my white boyfriend on a plane once, and the stewardess gave us a bottle of free wine. I don't know why. That has never happened to me when I've dated non-white. That's never happened to me, and I'm white. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, where, where are these? Where are these? Like, can I can I get some white privilege yeah. points? Like, where did I redeem those? Do you experience the same dating white women? Uh, it's definitely an advantage, an advantage if you're white in general. Um, being an Asian male, five foot six and bald, mind you, and you just so happen to have a preference for Caucasian women, you have been dealt one of the worst hands. Uh, you've been dealt a pretty difficult hand. I shouldn't say worse, but it's a pretty fucking difficult hand. And so I have had to try my very best to, first of all, ignore the economics and the numbers and the statistics and around it, because it's, it will just be demoralizing and depressing. And instead, just rely on being as fucking awesome as you possibly can. And it, it's tough knowing that I approach a Caucasian girl and I show interest and I talk to her and I ask her out and most of the time I can get their number, but then you know, you'll have that conversion rate where they just, that awful conversion rate where they just won't text you back. I think that's fairly indicative of, of most males, right? I, However, get that, I get that too with white yeah, girls. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, most I'm an definitely. Asian girl. And, yeah, yeah. Slightly be better. Slightly better, yeah. So, um, okay, so you basically turned difficult. my question around to your insecurities. I was asking oh, if you oh, have... I'm sorry. I don't know if that's insecure. That is, that is statistics, though. It is Asian males. I want, I want to know if you are treated differently when you're with a white female versus an Asian female. I can't say I've ever felt like I've been treated differently. Another kind of sensitive topic is this idea of what you're able to get. So you were saying, well, you have better luck with hot Asian females versus hot white females. Yeah. So why not go for the hottest you can get? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So then there's also this idea of it's much harder to date white females when you're an Asian man. So yep. when you can get a white girl, you're like high-fiving your friends because you're like, I got a white female. Yeah. I, I'm not a commodity. I don't know, man. I mean, for a 5'6 like, Asian guy, like, like well, you got good style. You're working it. Hey, thanks, man. It. I like it. There's a love connection going on here. Well, he is Asian. Slap a wig on me. I mean, look, if I ever have a... Slap a wig on me. I mean, we're in San Francisco, right? We can experiment? Whatever. Oh my God. It'd have to be a phenomenal wig at this point. Oh. So you're fully aware of this, this idea of what you're able to get. Oh, I, yeah. I know for a fact that I can't score girls in, in the marina. I go there out of sheer amusement and to entertain my friend because he just for some reason only stays in the marina to go out and drink. Um, I have, I, I know what I look like. I, I know what I can conceivably score I, I get what I get I don't have I don't have like I mentioned I've been dealt a pretty difficult hand I do not complain okay and Dan why do you think you have better luck with hot Asian women versus hot Caucasian women I think I get more mileage with Asian women what's more mileage define what I mean is I can get a hotter Asian gal than I can get a white gal uh-huh. But why? Why do you think that is? Well, um, I think that white people are more in demand, generally speaking. So me being white gives me some kind of like bonus points or something, which I'm certainly happy to apply, you know, within the context of dating Asian women. Can you tell 
when an Asian woman is into white men. Is oh, like, there, do I have some kind of sixth like, sense yeah, for, like, if she's like going to be into it? Are there symptoms? Of, you're like, I mean, that Asian girl <laughs> loves white men. No, I mean, I wish. Like, if there's such a thing, like, let me know. Because I'm know, just I'm just going case by case and trying my luck. Because, you know, we have a sixth sense when yeah. it comes to white men. You know there's a stereotype really? of what a yellow fever white man looks like. Wait, are you able to pick up on that, Yuri? Even in Tinder profiles. Are you I shitting can pick me? It up hold on, six hold on, hold on. All right, all right. Six Let's, out of ten, I can, can we do Can we drill into this a little bit? What yeah. are the giveaways? So here's some physical giveaways, all right? Just to be totally candid. Usually um, pale, not too tan. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, uh -huh. lanky, slightly nerdy. Do I qualify for that? I don't know. You you, okay. you tell me if you qualified or not. I think I do. Um, Jewish. <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> Have sort of a loud personality, kind of like a, a like chatty and loud, talkative. That's that seems to be the stereotype that we found. Uh, me and my friends, not the entire Asian. That's community. interesting. Because <laughs> the guy that you've described, I see him in the marina killing it with white white gals. Yes, I see that. Okay, superficially, I see what you're talking about. A different sort of personality. It's like the guy who's more into video games, who's more into like maybe anime, who's more into movies, who's like, who's an introverted extrovert. Hey, way to describe my entire life. <laughs> Dude, come to the dark side, date Asian women. Come to the dark side. <laughs> Why is that the dark side? <laughs> I mean, skin tone-wise, yes. Well, that's, that, what, I, that, that's that, what I meant. You are, you are correct in that regard. How, how do you feel now that you know that there is sort of like a superficial stereotype? Well, I mean, there is a bit of self-interest here. I, I, I think it self-applies a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like at least four out of five of the traits you described, that's, that's kind of me. <laughs> you should put that on your dating profile. You realize yeah. that, right? Really? Yeah, you should. Start, just start advertising. Well, here's a, here's a good question for you. When you go on dates with girls, do you tell them that you prefer Asian women? Hell no. Because they'll think that I'm fetishizing them, which is a turnoff. Do you not think you're fetishizing them? No. No. Why Because I'm perfectly willing to date non-Asians. How Do you have any rebuttal to that? I think that Asian women fetishize him. Ah, oh. interesting. Why do you oh, think that is? Can we speak to that for a moment? Yeah, yeah um, sure. Are you familiar with the OkCupid racial dating data? I haven't read it recently, but please divulge. So check this out. So, and and this is not a, exactly accurate. I'm, you know, I, this is numbers. I read it months ago. But that being said, white guys show about a seven percent preference for Asian women versus neutral. Asian women show about a twenty to twenty-five percent preference for white guys versus neutral. So really, it's not so much that white guys have Asian fever or yellow fever towards Asian women, but rather that Asian women have like white fever towards white guys. Does that impact you, Eric, in your dating preferences, knowing that Asian women fetishize white men? I have no problem with Asian women fetishizing white men because, okay. quite frankly, that leaves more Caucasian women for me. <laughs> so it, it's again, again, it, it's 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 all about swinging the numbers in in my favor, right? Uh, as best as I can, anyway. It's right? a numbers game. So, yeah, they're taking it, it, it. Honestly, <laughs> is it is a, it is a numbers game. No, those I'm Asian not, women are taking us off the market. That's fine by me. Bam. I have uh, no problem with that. Hip, have fun. Do you think this is in other parts of the country as much as SF? Can we talk about that? I mean, I've, I see it in New York. I see it in LA. Big cities, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've lived in Boston, which is very conservative. And I don't, 
I mean, I haven't lived there in a few years, but it was not as prevalent as San Francisco. Maybe this was a supply and demand issue too, right? Yeah. 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 So when I lived in Beijing, we have this term for these men called LBH, losers back home, which are these... <laughs> These guys, these white guys who can't get much action in the States or in North America, and they go to China and they're able to date any local they want because Wait, it's very, it's very prevalent. I'll, I'm going to check Travelocity. Yeah, there, there you go. But you don't like fobs or bobas or I guess they're not really fobs or bobas when they actually are locals. So it's like these guys who go to China because they become celebrities in a way. And it's not so much nowadays. It used to be this way like 10 years ago. Because there is this, this thought that white people can help us excel, <laughs> move forward in society. It's what we've been taught in the media. I used to play with white dolls as a kid, even in China, because there were no Asian dolls to play with. I mean, even in, like as love interests in movies, it's always a white male who's a love interest. So ever since I was little, it's kind of like, oh, if you're with a white male, he'll help propel you into a higher status in society. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I mean, you're open to white males. I have a lot of friends that only date Asian guys, and I know like a lot of Asian girls who only date yeah, Asian exactly. guys. Yeah. So. Why do you think that some Asian girls don't have that, like, feeling of this superstar white guy versus... I really, I really, really think it's from your upbringing. And you talked about this, Eric, as well. I grew up in Michigan, Colorado, where I was surrounded by white people all the time. So I, I felt very comfortable with my um, white counterparts. But also, Chinese people are very racist against their own oh, yeah. people, extremely racist. So I had a lot of self-hate growing up. And being in a, a white-dominated society, I felt like finally I find a place where I don't have to self-hate anymore. I feel more accepted, accepted into this culture. But a lot of my Asian girlfriends who grew up in California or in New York, in very Chinese or Asian concentrated communities, the Asians who are in America, like in California, New York, who've been here for generations are so proud of their roots and their culture that it's instilled in them since they were kids. So there's, it's always like, be proud to be Asian, be proud of your culture. So it really depends on your upbringing. I do want to wrap up, but I want to hear from the white women in the room. Any questions? Can I boost your conversion rate? Okay, sure. <laughs> okay. I don't see why not, yeah. I give you my number or you give me your number. Either or. <laughs> okay, so we're doing a live pickup here. Um, Kate, who just wrapped up an episode. Should we, should we have someone, uh, I guess, narrate it with, with, an, with a British accent? the encounter? Watch as the Caucasian female attempts to pick up the Asian male. He timidly shrouds behind the table, drinking and sipping more alcohol. Come over here for a sec. Oh, God. Okay. Have you ever dated Asian? Have you ever dated an Asian male? You'll only barely regret this. <laughs> I can't remember, so it must be now. What? What is it about Eric that, that attracted you? <laughs> He's hilarious. I have had so much fun listening yeah. to this podcast. All right, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. No. I apologize. I, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. He doesn't look uncomfortable at all. No He's just trying to hide his boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> And Kate's husband is here as well. This is like just getting very interesting. Then, then how do you feel about this 
right now. How, have you ever dated Asian? You slap away. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that I've shown a clear preference for any particular race. I can say, because I think it'll help the narrative, that after my dad divorced my white mom, he's been dating exclusively Asian women. <laughs> oh, that is quite the trend, though. He's Jewish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're just validating all the stereotypes. No. Yeah. It's, it's been and, they, and they've all been, it's, what have we been saying, fresh off the boat? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think for um, all of us and also listeners at home, when we're dating outside of our race, there is this question of, and I think I challenge everyone to think this way, am I dating this person as a novelty or am I authentically trying to connect with this person and want to get to know them? Because there are sometimes you're just like, this is just very new and interesting and kind of sexy, but I have no interest in pursuing this further versus I authentically want to get to know this person and they just happen to be of another race, right? Um, keeping that in mind. But we do have two other white women who yeah. dated Asian. Asian men. I guess this goes, I'm also a white Jewish female, so Ooh. I guess this Stereotype. Kind of I was in college and it actually was my best friend at the time that transferred over to romantic. It did cause a lot of issues with my family. They were not okay with it at all. The person being Asian. Yeah. I mean, and talking about the privilege, like I've been in a long-term relationship with someone that's white and a long-term relationship with someone that's Asian. And I feel like there are a lot of doors that open up and opportunities um, that I now notice, you know, having a partner that is white and it's like kind of unfortunate to look at it that way. Also like with the families, um, I think that my parents never took it seriously. Um, you know, dating someone so far from our own culture, too, and um, even more when that person was Asian. And I yeah. think you've mentioned this, like, we're all eventually going to mix and all this, and I think our generation, especially in San Francisco, where mm -hmm. it's so culturally diverse, I think everyone's just more open than, like, our parents' generation that just didn't know from this. Mm -hmm. Like, they knew from sticking with their kind. Well, it's, it's rough, and if I could piggyback on what you just said. My parents are very accepting. They would pretty much be happy with whoever I showed up with at this point. But even with me, even with me, you know, if okay, if I, if I, yeah, Eric, you are very popular today. Let's just try it as a thought That that would surprise the shit out of them, but they'd get over it. Awesome. <laughs> well, we didn't see this one coming, son, but well, we, we're on board with whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, but uh, um, I hear what you're saying. Um, I, it, you know, in being half Jewish, my mom converted, so she did the whole ocean dunking thing that we're supposed to do. And, and I've had to, you know, in thinking about, you know, I'm in my early 30s, and thinking about the long-term situation, it's like, it's like, you know, if I, if I marry outside the Jewish culture, that, that's going to die with me, yeah. right? So I think that that is something that may apply to a number of different people. You know, like if you, if you date someone outside your culture and you, and you abandon whatever your parents' culture was, that then ends with you. Yeah. So that's, I think that's something to consider. Yeah, no, a, a lot of uh, inclusionary dating and ending up with somebody within your own race has got to do with cultural and religious factors. Mm -hmm. So in that case, when I say that inclusionary dating can be considered racist in some regard or perhaps prejudice it's justified to that extent mm. where it's like it's okay because we want you to be able to continue this type of lineage right but right. 
But then again, you know, as we all begin to mix and turn a, a nice shade of taupe, <laughs> it's, uh, it, we'll probably all be believing in the, uh, the flying spaghetti monster eventually. I went to this beautiful wedding a few months ago, and they said something in their vows that said, I can't wait to start new traditions with you. And I thought that was very insightful and also just opened up this whole new perspective about marriage. We've been spending the last couple generations trying to maintain our roots and try to pass on these traditions. And now we're at a point where we can create new ones. And I find that very, very exciting for all of us. I'm gonna wrap this up. I have a really fun game for all of us in just a sec. But any last minute comments we started this pretty lighthearted talking about yellow fever, but what we're really talking about is dating outside of our own race and culture. Any advice you can give to people who are dating outside their own race? I guess uh, coming from me, I guess I'd probably have to quote Han Solo, don't ever tell me the odds. <laughs> just, just do it. Just, just do try it. it out. Do your research. Use, swing the numbers in your favor. It's, <laughs> it's really the only thing you can do. And if you've got privilege, man, use it. Use it. <laughs> Speaking of privilege, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, UA. I don't know. Follow, you know. follow your heart. Follow your gut. Do what feels right. That's all I can say. Okay. And I would say own it. If you fucking have yellow fever, just fucking own it. Do I what Dan did. super duper have yellow fever. Yeah, you have full-blown yellow fever. Oh, yeah. Stage four yellow fever. And there's fever. no antidote. <laughs> wow. Um, I would say just to stay sensitive and empathetic. I think the best situation um, is for you to stay empathetic towards someone that you may not have much in common with and just try to get to know them as best as possible and be as understanding as best as possible. Okay, so here's a fun little game for us. I have, um, our friends at Condomania gave us a little care package, sent us seven condoms, which is perfect. There's seven people in the room. They all have different packaging. It's like their newest condoms. I want everyone, I gave everyone a condom. Read over what your condom package says. And I'm going to go around the room and I want you to tell, try to sell us the condom that you have in your hand. Yeah? Okay. Who can I start with? Yeah, Dan? Do you have any plus size? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are the chosen people. <laughs> so no, what's uh, your condom? Oh, mine says latex Viagra on it, in quotes. You should ask your doctor if you have any heart issues. <laughs> what do you have? I have the, the iron grip and the one latex <laughs> condom iron grip. And the catchphrase for this is, tighter size for iron men. What does that mean? What are you, what it it leads me to suspect that that is a really good euphemism for individuals who do not fit a magnum. Oh. <laughs> uh, Let's go to Kate. It says one in 10 on the front, which I immediately finished to think one in 10 fails, so that can't be right. Ben? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have here a Trojan brand natural lamb luxury condom. Ooh. I don't think I've ever seen one of these before. Like, for real. Must be super rare. <laughs> <laughs> but, what do you think uh, that luxury condom means? I think it's expensive. <laughs> but I think it's expensive because it's made of lamb. <laughs> Sold. Julie? Mine <Not> <laughs> says naked. Naked technology, relaxed fit. You're, you're protected, but you're not feeling. Okay. Kimia? I've got uh, the turquoise blue. It's a sheer glide. I want to say, uh, feel wetter than a mermaid. 
Uh, last but not least, I've got mine. It says skin. It's a black wrapper in the oh. front. Skin with Y, which I'm guessing it's, it feels like skin, but it's not because you're protected. means luxury. And latex-free. And latex-free, yes. It's just human skin. <laughs> Sold. Sold. This over lamb. <laughs> for sure. Well, thanks for playing, you guys. I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks so much for telling us your yellow fever and white fever stories, respectively. Fever. <laughs> Listeners at home, we want to hear your stories. We love talking about race and dating. I think we need to talk yeah. more about this because this is something we don't really talk about in San Francisco. It's like San Francisco is one of those places that's so liberal that you don't talk about race. Oh, it's not a thing. You know what? It's a thing. It's a thing here, and we should open up that conversation. We want to hear from you. Tell us your stories. We can protect your identity and the identity of people that are involved in your story. And with that said, stay beautiful. Your action item for this week is to expand your search filter, whether it's age, ethnicity, or height. How do you know what you want if you haven't had it yet, right? And from all of us here at Datable, we wish you a happy and safe Halloween. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.